Hello everyone, welcome back to Freedom Talks. Uh, this is Brady back with you and Molly is joining me today to talk about Falls Prevention Month. Um, Falls Prevention Month uh, happens every year in September and we do it because there's a large population of uh, patients that we see that are potentially at risk for falls um, and we want to do our best to, to raise awareness for falls and um, kind of let people know that there are options to help treat that and you don't need to live uh, being at risk for a fall. Molly, how are you doing today? I'm doing well, Brady. Good. Got uh, got summer school going on there, huh? Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, that's been, how's that been going first, first couple weeks back, right? Yep. Yep. It's, um, you know, like everything else, it's a, a change. It's not like we're used to, but um, I'd like to think that I'm somewhat educating my children while they're at home half the time. <laughs> uh, that's uh, I've got a little one, but not to the schooling age yet, and so uh, not. I'm, I hope everything's back to normal by the time they go to school, because uh, it make my life a lot easier, I imagine. Yes, you know, it's it's just one of those things that you have to kind of just go with the flow at this point in life. It's like what are and you gonna do? There's nothing we can do about it. So they get to go to school two days a week and three days they're home and they're pretty good about, you know, staying on track and doing what they're supposed to with a little bit of extra guidance from me. But yeah, it's every day is a new adventure. All right. So, I mean, so you recently wrote a blog for, um, for the Freedom PT website uh, about falls prevention and kind of went through um, a lot of the, the key points when it comes to falls, um, you treat a lot of, uh, the older population, just the time of day that you treat and kind of the way you've specialized in your practice. Um, so I guess let's just start off like what, why do falls prevention month and, you know, what is the, the kind of the first thing that you're looking to do, um, when raising awareness about, uh, falls and what physical therapists can do to help falls. You know, one of the biggest things that I think people realize is that, like, um, one of the risk factors is 65 and older, which when we think about it, my parents are 65. I don't think of them as old, um, but people that are healthy, in good shape, can fall easily. Um, and so one of our big awareness pieces is that you don't need to be 90 years old to start balance retraining or um, getting therapy for it. When you start younger and we kind of preventatively um, do things to help you um, improve your strength, improve your balance, um, ahead of time, you end up having less falls, less injuries as you age. Yeah. And so yeah. You, you had mentioned in the blog, you know, it's like you have natural aging that occurs and there's nothing you can do about that. Um, in terms of getting older, but what you can do is, like you said, um, seek out training for balance. And that's not a lot of, it's not something a lot of people think about when they're training or doing workouts or things like that. That's not an area of emphasis. Now, granted, being stronger and things like that are obviously going to help you be more stable, but what's the difference between like balance training and just something, uh, you know, compared to some exercises that you might do to treat 
you know, a knee or a shoulder pain or something like that? You know, so a lot of times with our balance training, yes, we do focus on like, you know, learning to stand on one leg, standing on uneven surfaces. But one of the big things that we really stress is like the functionality of balance. So it's not just um, the single leg balance. Um, it's being able to like stand, you know, like you're reaching into a cabinet and being able to go onto your toes um, and reach, you know, away from your body and not lose your balance. Um, it's things throughout the, like your daily life that we kind of help with those movements um, and strengthen them so that as you get older and your, your sensory and your motor systems slow down, you have those like core um, motor patterns hardwired in your brain. When it comes to balance, all of the therapists that I've worked with in the past have always explained to me that there's um, three components to balance. What are those three components? The three components are your eyes, your inner ears, and your proprioceptors, or like the um, receptors in your body that kind of tell you where your body is in space. And so, um, you know, if you, I guess, take me through what balance training looks like and how you use those components to take patients um, through different series of exercises or different um, scenarios to challenge their balance to make them better at it. So usually what, if someone's coming in with, to me for like a um, balance problem, if they've fallen, um, if their children are worried about them, their spouses are worried about them. Um, usually what we will do is we will start with a like balance assessment. So we will look at your ability to like get up and move from a chair um, there's a couple different balance assessments that are out there, um, like the Berg balance scale or the Tinetti, um, that will take you through different ways of um, changing your input. So closing your eyes, um, people giving you like a push, um, being able to turn around in a circle or um, that, those sorts of things that gives us kind of a nice baseline of where where you are, where your strengths are, and then where you may be struggling. Um, from there, we kind of take that information. And then um, typically I will start easy. So we'll start on like a, a hard, flat surface, um, work on your balance there. So we'll do um, starting with like kind of static in place exercises, um, and then gradually move to dynamic where you're doing something while you're having to balance. Um, as we progress through your treatment, we will start to add in um, like a squishy, uneven surface, kind of mimicking like grass um, or just uneven um, ground that makes it harder um, for your proprioceptors and your feet to kind of send those signals back. And again, we'll start static. We won't be moving on those, on those um, uneven surfaces more dynamic where you might be doing squats or lunges um, on the squishy foam um, to, to work on your balance. So it's when I was an aide, it was funny in a way because a lot of patients that were in therapy specifically to work on their balance, uh, when we're doing exercises with them, I always complain. They're like, 
this is way too hard. Um, you know, I'll never encounter something like this in, in real life. Um, and the clever response from every therapist pretty much was, well, that's the point. Um, you know, we want to make it so hard that eventually you get good at that so that things that you encounter in your everyday life are kind of just easy, right? So that we're never nearing that tipping point of you might fall, you might not fall, you've got to catch yourself, that kind of thing. Um, and that you have the ability to easily do that. Yep. And I find that like, you know, a lot of times I'll give people the example of like, well, can you step up on a curb? Like, let's say you're crossing the street and there's, you know, a four inch curb. Can you step up on it without like a walker, a cane? You know, what if you encounter that in, you know, you're out and about, like there are situations that you don't always think that you're going to need that balance for, but all of those small movements require balance and strength and core stability to be able to perform them. So, you know, that's, that's kind of like a rundown of what you might experience in therapy with um, having those assessments done, uh, walking you through like some of the exercises that you may do, um, Mm -hmm. kind of how that goes. Um, but what you really did a good job in when you wrote that blog was kind of, um, what are all the different factors that go into balance and and what affects balance? Um, and ultimately why, uh, you might need to have, you know, your mom or dad, um, or yourself, uh, come in for a balance assessment to figure out if that's actually an issue that you need to work on or not. Um, you know, one of the first, you know, we, we mentioned age and things like that, um, but then you also mentioned falls in men versus women and how that there's a, a bit of a difference. Can you kind of explain the difference between men and women when it comes to balance? Yep. yep. So there's been quite a bit of research that's been done over the last 20 years or so. Women um, are 50% more likely than men to suffer falls. And those falls tend to be less fatal than men's. Um, however, it has been found that women um, due to their hormonal changes as they age, like through menopause, um, it puts them at an increased risk for osteoporosis and it changes their gait a little bit, their walking pattern. Um, and we see that when women multitask is when they fall. Um, so like a dual task where they're talking and they're supposed to be picking something out of the cupboard um, is tends to be the time when they fall more than men. Men seem to fall more um, due to like, they're sitting down in a chair and like all of a sudden, like their legs give out on them or they're standing up from a chair and they take a step and their legs kind of give way from them. Um, but women seem to have it where they're doing too many things at one time. And it's almost like their attention is so spread out that they end up falling. And so the trainer in me also, like you mentioned osteoporosis and we've had specific osteoporosis podcasts. Um, so like there's other factors that are going into balance. Like you need to obviously have a healthy diet. You need to make sure that you're trying to do everything to prevent those or combat those changes that might be happening. Um, again, like, again, as the trainer in me, it's like, Oh, the resistance training aspect I see could help there, um, for both men and women, but women, especially because of the osteoporosis risk. Um, but yeah, like you said, like that's very interesting, the, the kind of differences and in, in the increased risk of a fall 
Um, I did not know that uh, they tended to be more non-fatal, though. But I guess it kind of makes sense to a certain degree. Um, mm-hmm. So. Yep. So men tend to die more for from falls. Um, I don't know necessarily if that's just because the way they fall, or if men typically of that age have other. Um, they're more prone to other um, health problems. Um, that it just puts them kind of even though they fall less often when they fall, it's almost more fatal sure. um, and they can't recover from it. But it's interesting too. I mean, there's a couple of different um, medical conditions, arthritis, osteoporosis, depression, Alzheimer's, strokes, cataracts, um, urinary incontinence and Parkinson's disease. And all of those Um, medical conditions actually increase your risk for falls. So having one um, puts you at an increased risk compared to somebody that has none. Yeah. And and we go back to kind of that age related question, 65 and older, not saying that you can't have balanced problems before that, but how many 65 year olds do you know that aren't dealing with something, right? Mm -hmm. Um, Whether it's one thing or the, the other, you know, don't make being a fall risk another thing to deal with. Um, it's, it's as simple as coming in, you know, for some, you know, physical therapy stints during the year at that age, normally Medicare is going to cover visits. Um, so that's kind of, we're going to probably reiterate that more than once, but it's, it's, uh, it's just, it's hard to see people not getting that fixed and living, um, not the way they might want to or losing independence because they don't want to come in for physical therapy a couple times a week. Yep. And I would say the biggest um, detriment to patients that I treat um, that have fallen is their fear of falling again. So half the battle is the strengthening component. I'm strengthening their legs. I'm strengthening their core. We're working on balance. We're working on like ambulation and gait. Um, But the biggest thing that I have to fight is their fear of falling again, because they have fallen once and now they're scared to do anything, to go out of the house, to go up the stairs, um, to be by themselves because they're scared they're going to fall again. And they saw what happened when they fell. And so, you know, just to kind of, we've, we've kind of moved again into um, that cognitive and sensory impairments. That kind, that's kind of what we just talked about. Um, and mm-hmm. it was another section of that blog that you talked about. And I think we did a good job kind of taking a look at those. Um, and all the reasons that you might want to come in. Um, but some of those conditions are being treated by medication. Um, and you might be tr- being treated by medication for other reasons, right? Um, yep. So how do medications uh, affect your balance or your risk of falling? So medications, I would say, are a top reason why people fall. So um, there's a bunch of different categories of drugs. There's psychotropic diuretics, antihypertensive, anti-Parkinson's drugs. Basically what they do is they can decrease your alertness. Um, they can slow down or depress your psychomotor system, um, alter your function. Um, most of them can cause fatigue of some sort, dizziness, or postural hypotension. So, I mean, bottom line is make sure you're reviewing those medications with your doctor. Um, knowing the side effects and if that is going to increase your risk of falling. Um, yes. You know, physical therapy, like you said, is going to 
in some way combat that, but not, not might all the way do it or whatever. Um, yeah. so you just need to be aware. Um, mm-hmm. and so give me your top five ways to prevent a fall. So the top five ways to prevent a fall would be to make sure I would say once a year, review your medications with a medical professional. Um, a physical therapist can do that with you as well as a pharmacist or a physician, um, just to make sure that side effects that you're, that may come from the medications, um, are not a risk for increasing your falls. Um, do not wear bifocal lenses. I know there was a huge push a while ago um, to go from single lenses to bifocals to like decrease the amount of like glasses and taking on and taking off. Um, but bifocals are terrible because you look out through the top and you can see far away. You look out through the bottom, you can see close up. And that change in vision sometimes can throw people off and really cause um, you to have an increased risk of falls. Um, third thing, exercise is important. As a physical therapist, as a healthcare provider, I feel like that is super important. Um, but strength training, balance training, um, core strengthening is super important, not only because it's going to make you stronger and have better muscle control, um, but it's also hopefully going to help you to prevent you from falling, um, either again or in the future. Um, it will help you stay in independent for much longer. Um, and you just won't have to deal with all the, the secondary effects of falling and breaking a hip or hurting yourself some other way. Um, number four would be reducing home environment hazards. So um, we've had other, we've written other blogs and done videos before um, about like environmental hazards, but a third to a half of all falls occur because of home hazards. So that could be um, poor lighting, um, especially at night. People, um, as you age, have to get up to use the restroom more often. Um, so making sure that there's like a night light or there are some lights on so you can see where you're walking. No throw rugs or mats on the floor. Um, putting non-skid bath mats or um, bathroom grab bars, railings with the staircases. Um, anything that's just going to help you, give you a hand, um, especially on during times where you may feel more unsteady. And then the last is what we kind of talked about before is um, finding safe socialization ways. So um, scheduling um, places, you know, meeting out somewhere so that you know that the restaurant you have, you know, has a handicap accessible or a ramp to get up if you're uncomfortable doing the stairs. Um, making sure that you get out and see people, um, is important because depression, socialized, social isolation, um, they all lead to increased fall risk. Um, so basically, you know, staying fit, staying social, um, and, you know, just keep, keep moving and keep living your life is important, um, to help decrease your risk for falls. And so all of that information is really nicely summarized uh, on a blog Molly wrote um, on freedompt.com. Check out our blog. Um, And I guess the last point that we really need to go over is like all this information is really great, but it's it's kind of useless if you're not going to act upon it. Um, And we understand that if you are someone who's 65 or older um, coming to grips with hey, I might need to see a physical therapist for a balance evaluation to see if I need to come in for PT, um, you know, can be a blow to the ego, 
But again, we're trying to help you maintain that independence for as long as possible. Um, and that's the ultimate goal. So I don't think there's any reason that, you know, you can look at it as a, a super bad thing um, to seek out help like that. Um, and then I think the other piece of that, right, is um, if you have a, a mom or dad or grandpa or grandma that um, that's kind of getting to that age or you notice some of these deficits um, or you know they're on a bunch of medications or you know they wear bifocals or they kind of check some of those boxes for those risk factors, um, you might want to mention to them or say, hey, we're going today um, to kind of get that taken care of. I mean, what is your sales pitch, I guess? Because um, although we don't want to sell too hard um, as physical therapists because it is like a healthcare thing, like what is your pitch to patients to say, hey, please um, come take a look at this. We can help you uh, live a more free life. You know, one of the things that I tell both patients and like their family members is that the cool thing about balance is something that it's, it's retrainable. I mean, I've had 90 plus year old people in there that came in with just terrible balance, fear of falling, using a walker, um, you know, kind of kids have threatened that they need to, you know, if, unless they get, you know, more study on their feet, they're going, you know, to assisted living. Um, but it's retrainable. So, you know, we work on it for eight to 12 weeks and there's noticeably difference in the ability um, to stand up and put your clothes on, to stand comfortably and brush your teeth. Um, and it's one of those things that if, if it's something that you can do easily um, to keep your independence or to maintain what you have, like, why wouldn't you do it? You're, you're going to go and to the dentist to get your teeth cleaned so that you can keep your real teeth. So why wouldn't you come to PT then um, and work on your balance to keep, to keep yourself healthy and independent at home? And again, a lot of it is covered by, by Medicare. We understand there's rising health costs across the nation, um, and that is a big factor, especially um, on those retirement age people that uh, have fixed incomes, we understand. But um, it is something that's covered by Medicare, and you can use physical therapy visits. And we understand that you might want to save those physical vi therapy visits for other for other issues. But um, I think it's one of those things that you can prevent some of those other issues from happening uh, if if you're strong and coordinated and well balanced. Well, that and think about too about the cost. So you know the cost of therapy versus the cost of having to move, having to you know basically move into like an assisted living like that's that's not a cheap no venture not by any means you know? so if if you can maintain your independence and you can live in your house safely longer i mean when when it comes to the cost you know comparison 12 weeks of therapy once a year is a heck of a lot better of a deal than paying to move into a, an assisted or a, a graduated living situation. It's one hell of a sales pitch, I think. I don't know. <laughs> Maybe I'm biased. Um, I think we I think we covered everything. I mean, check out the blog, especially if, if you're um, the son or daughter of someone who who might have be at risk for falls. Um, learn the information. If you are at risk for falls, learn the information, know what to look for. Um, understand that, hey, yeah, if I, I have this new medication from my doctor, I need to learn to see if that's going to affect how, how I walk and balance and um, 
you know, oh, I'm losing a step, that kind of thing. Am I not active enough? So do I need to come in for balance training? Um, unless you have anything, I think we can wrap it up. No, I think, I think we covered it all. I think, you know, the biggest take home is just, you know, it's, it's something falls can be prevented and, um, taking a little time ahead of time to prevent them, um, is really key. Yep. And that's why we, we have, we stress falls prevention every year around this time. Um, it's a good time to remind people, uh, that help is out there and that, um, you know, give your physical therapist a call because, uh, they can help, like you said, prevent a lot of unwanted unhappiness and costs and things like that. Um, so Molly, good luck with homeschooling. (laughs) Have a good weekend. Uh, and, uh, we'll see you next time. Thanks, Brady. This podcast is brought to you by Freedom Physical Therapy Services, an independent provider of comprehensive physical and occupational services. No matter how challenging your issues, if other treatments have failed, we are determined to help you heal starting with the very first visit. Four convenient locations in the Milwaukee area. More information at freedompt.com.